Hello, 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 and welcome to the Security Token Show. It's our first episode of 2024. We're your hosts. I'm Herbert Konings, joined, as always, by my business partner and my friend and co-host, Kyle Sondland. How are you, buddy? How was your new year? Hey, everybody. We are uh, we're kicking and screaming here into 2024, Herbert. We've, we've uh, been watching this space now for many years, but... 2024, we've got the institutional adoption from last year. We've got the crypto bull market tingling, ready to come back. I'm feeling pretty good going into January. Was on the research, a lot of uh, articles about is 2024 the year of the security token? Let's dive into the show and find out, shall we? Uh, Starting off, Kyle, with a bit of a review of 2023, shall we? Let's do it. Where do we even start? I don't know. It's just there was there were so many great things that, that happened this year, huh? Yeah. And, and also in many ways, sometimes a, a year you may want to quickly forget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of big news. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that on the market front, obviously, across uh, many markets, but also the security token market, if you will. But uh, a lot of great big news that came out as well. Project Guardian, uh, I think, obviously made a lot of huge rippling waves, uh, specifically showing off the true value of being able to rebalance your portfolio quickly, efficiently, being able to reduce all those operational steps. And it's all legit because JP Morgan, Wisdom Tree, Apollo, you know, Providence, Avalanche, you know, many Oasis, many major players involved. Uh, to make it so. So I thought that was really cool. We saw Archax and Aberdeen in the UK uh, really also starting to make big waves. Uh, you know, Calistone as well. You know, I'm loving what I'm seeing, Kyle. What about you? Yeah, no, what you talked about Project Guardian, I think, is, is really important because for anybody that doesn't remember, the Monetary Authority of Singapore launched a regulatory sandbox years ago. We covered this on the show from probably 2019, 2020 where they were creating this environment for companies, financial service providers, banks, issuers to actually create their own blockchain solutions under this umbrella. We're now seeing this come to full fruition with Project Guardian, where now huge investment banks are launching test products through it. And they're not only just in Asia at this point, they've expanded around the world to work with cross-country inter-jurisdictional transactions. So this is really, I think, a cool development over the course of many, many years, which, as anybody from this industry will tell you, is, is, is not surprising when it comes to capital markets. And so, you know, they're obviously the, I think the biggest surprise of the year, Herwig, was INX coming out and announcing that they had gotten into this strategic transaction with Republic. They had an injection of capital through a fundraise into INX that gave Republic the option to ultimately acquire 100% of INX and their ATS, presumably to launch new products from the Republic platform onto the secondary market liquidity. This was something that, that we didn't we didn't see coming, but was very exciting as Republic's pretty active in the space. And uh, one of the first notable acquisitions we've seen of, of some of these larger companies since actually INX acquired their ATS from Open Finance a few years ago. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, we'll have to see how that one ultimately develops through on the 2024 and their Republic note listing is clearly a sign of uh, many things to come between that partnership. Also, Securency getting acquired by the DTCC was also, I think, another notable acquisition of 2023. Yet another institutional example of, hey, you know, the, the biggest clearing and settlement agency in the world is looking at this technology and saying, hey, we got to get ready for this. Love your point about, you know, what's happening over, of course, Singapore continuing to position itself as what I almost see as like the new bridge between all these other markets. They really, as you pointed out, are getting a lot of foreign from Switzerland, from Japan, from Europe, uh, you know, even probably likely with the United States. Uh, we see a lot of partnerships happening uh, to make Singapore that kind of hub. But hey, South Korea on the scene, their biggest banks coming together, forming a consortium around security token offerings. That's very similar to the path that Japan followed. And now they are live with the the you know ODX, the Osaka Digital Exchange as of Christmas, just right at the end of the year. And, and that was a big undertaking by a lot of the biggest banks in Japan, as well as many much other activity that happened there. Uh, we also saw a big acquisition from Securitize, Kyle, on, on on-ramp invest uh, to get them access to the RIA market. Many are talking about the RIA ch- channel as that new access to capital. Uh, and I think that's very important from a primary and, you know, secondary is a little bit more interesting uh, that we haven't seen that as much common. But, hey, the, the you know, the, that's the whole point of this is distribution, right? So we're seeing this need and demand uh, for that. And I think that's why that acquisition makes a lot of sense, Kyle. Totally, totally. And and moving on to the multi, multi billions of dollars of issuances we saw this year that continues this thing thriving. This industry continues to grow. We certainly saw at least billions, if not tens of billions of institutional debt that has been tokenized. It feels like every week we cover new banking initiatives, launching new blockchain instruments. And not only that, but we saw a figure tokenizing billions more in HELOCs, home equity lines of credit. So more debt, but this is from Certainly still an institutional lender, but but much more of a, a, a startup style of, of institutional lender, at least that's, that's grown to that size today. They are a non-bank lender as well. And we had Red Swan, which tokenized okay. a billion dollar foreign asset property in the MENA region. And they're doing great things in tokenizing real estate as well as bringing their crowdfund to market. So a lot of tokenizations have been happening. Unfortunately, that same activity didn't translate into the secondary markets as our volumes were down this year. It was not incredibly large. Um, I'd say probably down 15% or so from what we saw in 2022, which all things considered isn't too bad considering the market definitely uh, across the board, whether it was public markets, whether it was digital assets or security tokens, I certainly saw uh, depressed interest in the, uh, the general decline in the markets over 2023. Yeah, you know, you know, can't all just always be going up, up and up. And I don't think anyone is looking at the entire crypto market and even some of the, the just general sentiment around yields and everything that's happening in rates around the world that you know, 2023 wasn't a great year, but, uh, you know, there was a, clearly a lot that was put in the making. Uh, and if you liked what you hear, we've got a full breakdown coming to you for the, the full year in review of 2023 
Hopefully that's very useful. We'll, we'll dig into this a little bit more, Kyle, but we can't take up the whole show talking about last year. So we'll save that for later. Uh, but Kyle, before we go, I think we t- didn't talk about what I think might have been the biggest news of all. You know what I'm talking about? I think I do. We certainly worked really hard on it. That yeah, is well, the book, Herwig. We spent 18 months writing that. We put it together. Shout out to Peter Gaffney, Herwig, you and me, as well as Mark Powers, who wrote the forward, the former SEC attorney. Shout out to the blockchain explained. Oh, you can't see it through there. Shout out to the book, as well as the tokenized this conference, Herwig, that we, we brought out to the market and saw so much industry adoption, so much excitement for the tokenized world. I think those were two huge achievements. I, I'm absolutely proud of both. You know, we have thousands of people tune in for Tokenize This, hundreds uh, at this point, if not you know, over a thousand copies sold of, of Blockchain Explained. I don't know the exact figures, but you know, very excited about you know also the feedback we're getting. Just you know, people people like what we're doing. So guess what, folks? Whether you like it or not, we're going to keep doing it. Uh, and so with that, why don't we kick off this show with an interview? Uh, let's get into it. Well, welcome to another interview here on the Security Token Show. This week, we have Dan French from OwnProp joining us this morning. Dan, how are you today? Doing great. Jason, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Big fan of the show. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We're diving into a topic here that came across our our desk here is that you guys are launching a uh, real estate fund investment opportunity. Great. Uh, you know, it's great to see new offerings come on all the time, especially as we kick off 2024. Um, but before we dive into the opportunity, let's talk about OwnProp. You know, how'd you guys get started into tokenized real estate? Yeah, no, thanks, Jason. We, uh, you know, the background that, that we had in real estate was from the private equity and investment side. And so um, since 2011, we've done a couple of billion dollars in, in assets total value. Um, so that'd be like 17,000 apartments, mostly focused on Florida and Texas, really strong track record. But by t- 2019, we we just felt like it was very frothy um, environment for, on the buy side. So we shut that down and we focused much more of our effort on launching technology companies focused on real estate. And one of those tech companies, we, we actually launched 10 of them, but but one of them uh, is OwnProp. So that, that really started in, in 2021. Um, we, we, did a lot of exploration. Obviously, there's a ton of legal work that goes behind it. A lot of te- technical build out. You know, these things just take a long time. And we've we've launched numerous offerings on OwnProp since that time. And and so it's got a very big vision. But um, to date, it's raised uh, you know about a million dollars total. And and that's okay. You know, we, we we know there's some other groups that are a little bit ahead. But but we have a long range vision. And we, we truly believe in the mission of, of what OwnProp is doing, which is to d- democratize the ability to invest in high quality real estate assets. Got it. Yeah. So so it sounds like you guys are kind of, you know, kicking off the year here with an offering. Um, uh, you know, tell us a little bit more of kind of like how the process works. Like if someone wanted to invest into this offering, you know, what yeah. does the platform bring to the investor that maybe makes OwnProp a little different than maybe the other real estate to organization platforms? Yeah, we want it to feel like a retail type experience. Like uh, you can get on to the OwnProp um, app, or you can go to OwnProp.com in the web version. But but you you know you can get it right on there and get approved uh, as an accredited investor. Right now, we, we only offer to accredited 
folks, which is unfortunate. But once the SEC gets out of our way, hopefully we'll we'll open it way way up. But you know, basically you can get on there and look at the offering. You can in a very clean user uh, interface and look at what you're investing in. And right now we have um, the opportunity to invest in a real estate fund that we actually are the sponsors of. We being a separate entity, but a related, you know, company. It's called ATX Acquisitions. And uh, so we, we feel very strongly that, that the sponsor, which is, um, again, a, an affiliate company, is very high quality. And the assets that are going to be in the fund are going to be extremely high quality. So you can get on the, the platform at, at OMPROP and get a $10,000 token, um, which is a, a really great, much more uh, democratized way to invest in the fund. Whereas if you went straight to ATX acquisitions, the, the minimum would be a million dollars. So this minimum is $10,000. So it's a hundred X more, uh, you know, accessible to, to folks who want high quality real estate. And that's what essentially what OMPROP's about. And, and long-term we, we want to be able to, you know, expand the offerings, um, again, push this out to folks that are not just accredited, but anyone that wants, you know, high quality real estate assets. Yeah. So, so t- t- tell us a little bit more about the fund, you know, what kind of real estate properties are we looking at here? It says 10 to 15 of them. What, what, yeah. yeah what, what would they consist of? Well, the fund will be, uh, you know, 20 to $50 million uh, of total, total, you know, in the fund. And then it'll be diversified across uh, a portfolio of assets. Now um, it's asset class agnostic. So we, we, we're really betting on the fact that um, in the U S uh, interest rates have spiked. So, so fast historically, you know, they're at 20 year highs, but, but it happened so fast. And now that's changed the whole buying environment. So we feel that like there's much better buying opportunities where a lot of owners, ownership groups are in trouble that bought in 2021, 22 at that high mark. So they paid a lot of money and then they paid, um, they put floating rate debt on their deals. So we're open to any kind of deal, hospitality, multifamily, you know, basically anything except for traditional office. We, we're not going to do that, but, um, but what our background is mostly in multifamily, um, you know, apartments and especially targeting uh, Florida and Texas. So that the, those are the growth markets. We love them. We're going to keep betting on them. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You know, it's we've seen, a, you know, in Florida specifically, you know, we're based out of Miami. We've seen the great migration, I guess, of New York City down to Miami. So it, it makes and, and other cities part, by the way, in uh in Florida in general. So, and I'm sure Texas is similar. So interesting that you guys are focusing on those uh, areas. Um, so yeah, you know, appreciate you coming on and telling us about, you know, kind of like this fund opportunity here that you guys are tokenizing it, it based on, you know, what we saw on the, uh, on the app. I mean, it looks like, you know, people can really just truly understand, Hey, here are my different allocations. Well, here's my, my portfolio makeup. So, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, it's something mobile friendly, which I personally believe is great for, the individual investor experience rather than the institutional, obviously, uh, considering that individuals are kind of transitioning, you know, into, you know, younger generations getting more money now with transitional wealth. And maybe they want to have a little bit more phone slash e-commerce experience or just hands-on experience with their investments. So cool to see this for tokenized real estate. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. And yes, we, we took a lot of consideration into making it very stream streamlined uh, very clean user experience so that way people you know they should be able to hop on something like this and just just like in Robinhood, like quickly say all right boom what, what's the background of what i'm investing in what, what is the the quality of the the group that's sponsoring the deal 
and then look through all of it and say, yeah, I want, I want to invest. And, and then later on, we'll drive down the minimum investment down to a thousand or a hundred dollars. And you know, that's, that's the ultimate vision of it, but that's, that's going to take some time, but we're super passionate about the mission of, you know, empowering people to invest in real estate. Great stuff. Well, yeah. you know, welcome to uh, the security token show and the industry. And, you know, we're definitely going to be, you know, keeping tabs and, you know, seeing how the fund performs, how you guys are doing and maybe, you know, new opportunities that even arise on, on your platform. But how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with their own prop, maybe launch something on your, uh, on your platform, et cetera. No doubt. And Jason, I'm going to check you out when I'm in Miami and get some of that good coffee that's down there. You know? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> the gasoline. Um, yeah, look, uh, ownprop.com is, is a good way, but but for me personally, um, dfrench at ownprop.com. That's great. Um, my personal you know, phone number is 845-629-1808. I'm available. I'd love to you know connect with people. Fantastic. Well, you guys hear, heard it here on the Security Token Show. We'll send it back uh, for our next segment. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. And kicking it into the token debrief, Herwig, we do have some news that happened over the holiday season. The market never closes. So the first one is actually really fun. Moody's, which is a well-known rating agency for securities, actually rated a new tokenized fund. We first covered ratings coverage from years ago when, when Fat Brands launched a tokenized debt offering that was rated and then Figure had some, some issuances that were rated and we saw other banks. But now we have a fund product that has been rated. Specifically, Standard Charter has their venture fund and they have been incubating an issuance platform called Libera. It's based in Singapore and it's a tokenization startup that worked with Fundbridge Capital, also in Singapore. And Fundbridge has the SGD Delta Fund that has been tokenized. And so the rating here was double A, which sounds good. Unfortunately, this is the first tokenized issuance rating that I can remember that was actually rated slightly lower than what the underlying asset was, which was triple A. So it is one degree lower than the traditional underlying asset. And there were a few reasons for this. The first one was actually more about the issuer itself rather than the particular blockchain or tokenization. And that was around Fundbridge Capital's lack of experience with this specific type of fund product. And they noted that to be a risk. And the issuer being small in size means that potentially there are some risk factors with respect to maintenance of this security. But it also did cite technological and potentially governance risks in using a public blockchain, which is very interesting because as we've seen with the Fat Brands debt instrument, for example, which was on Ethereum, that was actually cited as being a transparent um, method of communicating that, that security and locating the, the, the asset itself versus now potentially, we're not sure if that's a change of tune or if the weighting of maybe the the issuer itself had had a higher had a higher priority in terms of of the rating changes, but either way, a new tokenized debt instrument or fund instrument, excuse me, was rated by Moody's. So more institutional adoption of the industry. And a rating, no less, is an important factor to getting increased demand and interest from investors. It's a legit thing. These products are getting rated. I think the issuer thing makes sense. I, you know, I understand maybe the platform risks too, 
The blockchain one is interesting. Morningstar was, I believe, the the firm behind the um, the fat brands rating. Right. Maybe they had right. per perhaps um, uh, also maybe that was a somewhat permissioned uh, Ethereum mm. environment. I actually don't recall, um, but that is definitely a great note, Kyle. Uh, about how they highlight potential risks in a public blockchain. It's also maybe why we've seen a lot of the bigger institutional banks working in the space stay away from, as as we know, from public blockchains, despite the sentiment always tending to be, that's where we'll all end up one day. Um, mm -hmm. But that's great news again to see all of this just really professional activity in the space because that's what this is all about, which is why I think this next update is also worth talking about. You know, the biggest derivatives body, I think that matters. Uh, as Peter pointed out in our, our weekly email, he always thinks about that scene in, in the big short that brings up the International Swaps and Derivatives Association, which, you know, provides a lot of governance and, uh, and provides a lot of important rules uh, for uh, the entire derivatives and swaps industry. And they basically pointed out that they are now uh, ready for this new digital landscape. They basically will have designate digital assets used in transactions as DLT cash or as DLT securities. Uh, and it also places an emphasis on the local business day and the time given the, the global and 24-7 nature of the industry's uh, you know, uh, capabilities that they employ. Um, the data also, you know, uh, provides some basically uh, reading on the notes here, just more value for the industry, right, to be able to adopt this technology, make sure and it's, it's what we've talked about in the past, right, how, how important it is for these uh, financial, I don't know exactly how to describe this association, but their importance, but, you know, exactly how they, they help set these rules. They help create the adoptions for the derivatives markets to be able to say, all right, now I can go ahead and work with whatever partner they might have already been talking to uh, to potentially do this stuff. So I think this is a sign that we're going to start to see derivatives markets enter tokenization, Kyle. Yeah, no, it makes makes sense to me. It's just another another asset that's needed in the industry in order to have a healthy financial market. So great to see that those products are coming. And on to the next piece of news, Herwig, we've got InvoiceMate and TradeFinex. They have a partnership as they are launching actually transactional systems TradeFi, or, which is specifically like shipping and all kinds of invoicing. And they're taking that and tokenizing it, which allows them to have digital representations of all this stuff. It also allows them to fractionalize these invoices themselves, potentially for collateralization or hedging purposes. These contracts are also settled using stable coins on the XDC blockchain. So that's a way to potentially streamline the payment process itself. Potentially, you could even set up smart contract style of escrow to make sure that the, the money is there and that you're you're sure that, that the, the counterparty is actually serious about paying, which can be a risk in these types of transactions. So I think that this is a system we've seen before with companies like Centrifuge and their Tin Lake protocol. It's great to see other companies like InvoiceMate and TradeFinex getting involved as well. Yeah, just the industry continuing to grow. Uh, I think that's a great, uh, just another great asset class, Kyle. Trade finance is huge. Uh, the smart contract structures you just mentioned are actually game changers, I think, uh, for people. And it, again, brings the classic use cases of access uh, and increased liquidity 
uh, to this. Uh, so I think it's a great uh, use case. And last but not least, to end off the token debrief, we are going to head over uh, to Asia, where in Hong Kong, uh, prominent digital asset exchange HKBit uh, X. Uh, they entered in a strategic collaboration with the Shanghai Technology Exchange, uh, which is actually created by and supported by China's Ministry of Science and Technology. And as you know, it's, it's the Shanghai municipal government uh, that's doing this. They're doing this to highlight their partnership, actually, uh, which means this is a, a great way of saying that, you know, don't sleep on China. They've been the I know the Bank of China and the Construction Bank. They have done some tokenized bonds and they've been playing around with this. This is a potential bridging, uh, of course, using Hong Kong as their ecosystem uh, for potentially some Chinese enterprises uh, to make it onto these tokenized uh, Hong Kong markets. Maybe, Kyle, I don't know. It's not clear exactly what's going to come out of this other than the groups are exploring, uh, you know, how to bring tokenized enterprises uh, to the market. Who knows who will be able to access it or, or how it can be traded, but uh, it, is a, it is worth noting. I'd expect to see a lot more of these types of announcements, not only from the APAC region, but from many of the very innovative countries and jurisdictions participating in the industry. Great to see collaboration. Yeah, a lot of great stuff happening around the world, which is why we'll keep you updated every week on this show. Uh, but... That's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Uh, I think it's time to get to a pretty big announcement now. It's the illustrious company of the year. Hurry, we've been hyping it up all year as we have for four years running now. So I think we can turn the title of the show and get into our final segment. Company of the year. Another year has gone by. The most and illustrious award in the history of security tokens, dare I say. Kyle, there were a lot of good runners up uh, that made the cut. I think Project Guardian on an institutional level, which did not win, was a big deal. It set the path forward for a lot of other institutions, for a lot of other markets and regulators to pay attention to this technology and just how transformative it's going to be. But at the end of the day, it was just a trial. Uh, it was a, an amazing trial, but just a trial between a lot of great participants. It, it wasn't some of the other great companies like Archax, which also I think there was, there was a shout out, Kyle, in the space doing a lot of big, big things uh, totally. moving forward with the UK, with Aberdeen, with uh, it's on the custody side of things that they're doing with their uh, their their own version of their ATS license, the NTF license that they have. Everything that they're doing is trailblazing. But Kyle, they are not our companies of the year. I'll let you do the honors. Who did we select to make the biggest move in this space, the biggest impact leading to adoption of this technology, setting the example of how it's done and getting investors active Who's our company of the year for 2023 on the Security Token Show? So, Harvey, the holy grail of the security token industry is liquidity. How are we going to bring in new investors into this industry to drive primary fundraises for issuers and secondary transactions on the market for 
not only the companies that we can bring into the tokenization space, but how do we bring in new high quality issuers? And so our company of the year, we've decided is somebody that does all of those things. They have a huge retail investor network and a proven track record of activating those investors. They have a tremendous deal flow and issuer database. And now through the announcement of their acquisition of INX, which is still to be confirmed as of February, but they announced it as well as made some great investments into the company already, Republic is our company of the year. They not only did all of these great things, they fundraised their own security token through the Republic note and raised $30 million for it. They have a wallet with full integration of these different blockchain technologies. They're working with Avalanche, which is a trusted security token blockchain. They seem to be doing everything the right way, and they are going to be driving hundreds of thousands, if not millions of potential eyeballs, customers, clients, and everything into the industry. And for that reason, Herwig, they have our company of the year. Well said, Kyle. Well said. Republic, congratulations. Your security token shows company of the year 2023, which is kind of cool uh, because if you do go through with the acquisition of INX, INX is a previous company of the year winner on the show. So a pretty cool merger of companies of the year. <laughs> um, but absolutely, I'm so excited that you know they're putting all the right pieces together, right? The wallet technology to help create critical infrastructure and investors holding tokens. They have the deal flow coming in. And by the way, Republic is the leader when it comes to raising capital through Reg CF offerings. Uh, and they continue to grow their ecosystem into different asset classes, as well as acquiring many other companies to just make themselves bigger. Uh, so to know that they also have plans to have that secondary market relationship with INX, to know that there's going to be deals like that and to put their money where their mouth is by listing their very own Republic note on INX like that. I think that is just absolutely award winning. Uh, and not to mention that the Republic note is a pretty cool structure. We have a great you know, interview uh, with them actually on this uh, from the security token show in the past, uh, where essentially you get access to this portfolio of hundreds of different offerings that went through Republic, a great diversified method continues to pay out essentially every, I believe, $2 million, uh, in, in gains uh, out to investors. So a very cool structure that leverages tokenization to the, to the max efficiency there. Uh, it's just how it's supposed to be done. They got a great team. We've had a lot of pleasure of working with them, uh, just like we do with many players in this space. As we've said, there are so many great companies in this space that are making things happen. It's going to be a heck of a year. But Republic, you made it happen last year. I'm excited to see what you're going to do this year. Huge congratulations to the team. Over $2.6 in funds raised for clients on their platform. That is a mark we do not even come close to in the current market players as much as we love them. So great to see Republic bringing a rising tide that will lift all ships in this industry and hopefully inject some much-needed liquidity into the ecosystem. We're going to try to get them on the show next week, so we'll get to, to hear them fully out on what their plans are. But with that, Kyle, I think let's end our show, starting off what we call Season 7 on our end, as we are four uh, over four years running into this 
Uh, very exciting stuff. Come check us out on stm.co where we got all the latest news, reports, research, all the latest data available also on, on stomarket.com or we're going to hopefully see a pretty big update for you folks soon on that. Uh, and of course, hit Kyle and I up on social media. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on a lot of spaces. You know, We'd love to talk to you about tokenization uh, or any feedback you'd like to see on, on the show. We're always open to it. Kyle, any closing thoughts from you, buddy? If you want to learn anything about the tokenization of finance, check out our book on Amazon. Follow us on social media and show us some love. Leave your comments below and we will cover and talk to you next week on Mondays. Absolutely. And with that, happy tokenizing.